0: so hey guys welcome to tree bark this is your little nook in the woods uh furry podcast here and i'm super stoked today to actually have um one of uh these furry producers that i've been following for quite some time and quite a fan of and his name is paradox uh so hey paradox uh would you like to
1: do a little introduce uh introduction or anything say a little tidbit about yourself Yeah, uh, so I'm Paradox, I'm a red wolf, been in the fandom about a little over a decade, Um, and I do, basically I'm a nerd, I like to simplify it as that, but I do various (laughs) production stuff at conventions, I staff a few cons, and I run a podcast network called XBN, which has also been going for about a decade, and we produce various podcasts, but most of them are oriented toward furries, even if they're not necessarily about furry stuff right on okay and actually like i guess uh just to kick it off
0: yeah i've been um following furcasts as soon as i got into the fandom because i had no other outlet or anywhere to really like learn about the the subculture
1: so that was wonderful um yeah it seems like that's uh it's a good like especially when furries are young they tend to grasp on or whatever they can find on the internet and i'm really happy that i can be a part of providing for that because i remember when i was like 15 16 you know yes. and like like just desiring so intensely like oh i wish i could go to a con or i wish I could go to wherever and that's like so it's it feels good to know that i'm like contributing back to that kind of um yeah. not that all of my content's really made for kids though <laughs> but but i'm still adding to that world of like people who are discovering it and and stuff like that yeah so i guess that kind of like leads us right into some like icebreakers um so
0: from was it that Did you get into the fandom and then actually become interested in production? Or was production sort of something that you've always been uh, into since you were young?
1: Uh, How did that kind of meld? Yeah, so I've always been, my whole life, kind of back and forth between... Um, like electronics and IT and production a little bit of mix of those kind of um, so for for my actual Profession um, I am an IT like system administrator. Um, mm-hmm. I worked for a data centers a Linux system in for a while and now I work for uh, an IT company But my whole life i have kind of always blended those things together a little bit um, I've always felt like there's no one place that I exactly belong um, but furry kind of came along separate from that um, but it helped that Especially at the time, you know. Nowadays, social media makes it so easy, but back in the day, I what feel like I'm like heard, old when I say that. Are you talking back back in like, the day, early 2000s. Uh, but, yeah, um, like early 2000s. The only way to find the fandom really was to know how. Like you had to know how to use IRC. You had to yeah. know how to use Furry muck, you had to, and so the kinds of people you discovered generally were very nerdy, resourceful kind They're of people. very
0: techie yeah very tech uh, techie and uh affluent in that kind of space so it was really hard it, i kind of compare it to like the harry potter like wizard wizarding world like if you yeah. don't know the the routes or the avenues you're not going to find many people but that's definitely not the case these days
1: well and a random thought with harry potter too, where like <laughs> one thing i noticed in that is that some people are like they've grown up with it their whole life, and it's just like nothing new and it's nothing special. And then there's like Harry, that main character, who's like, "You can do that!" Yeah, you know, he's got like <laughs> that kind of like perspective on on just you know discovering it for the first time. And I think that's actually why uh, Harry Potter relates to a lot of people. And I think it's sort of similar with um, for maybe new not with the magic stuff, but just with just like uncovering this whole world that exists. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, it's they- kind of. They just come from every walk of life. I have so many friends that are from like military to working in backgrounds. Yeah, in 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 IT to just regular college students. Um, you never yeah. really know who's gonna pop out from what corner. Um, so I mean, with that being said, uh, how I mean, I would say yeah,
1: you're quite the like furry veteran. How long, uh, have you been in the fandom? So I think I started discovering it around two thousand seven. I don't know. maybe it was like two thousand eight. Um, and initially. Um, so I, I was fascinated by, like, fantasy creatures, so, like, mm. dragons and centaurs, especially centaurs, uh, and I'm completely public <laughs> about that, like, <laughs> centaurs, mm, love them, Ladies. uh, they, uh, I, I would Google them all the time, and I would try to find them, especially when I got my first computer, Windows XP, hell yeah, Oh God. um, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited, um, but, you know, when I first started browsing, I, I, I kept trying to find these art sites, and you'd find DeviantArt, you'd find Elfwood, mm-hmm. remember Elfwood, God. Um, and eventually I found E621, and then it went all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I think um
0: that's c- kind of a common story. Like, a lot of people don't want to admit, but it's like, oh, there was a bit of the loot Yeah, the porn, basically the porn got, <laughs> got <Yeah>. into it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, so, did you... Did, FNT or did a forecast actually start shortly after then uh, that you wanted was that kind of uh, The seed like did you have to be in the fandom to want to start
1: the podcast? So when I was 15, um, so we're talking 2010 uh, or eh, 2009 2010 um, I wanted I knew I wanted to do a podcast um, And I was interested in it for the technology. So I started Friday Night Tech M T, and the idea was it would be a tech podcast and that lasted Maybe a couple weeks and then I just started playing music because I really like music Um, and then that kind of took over and now the track we renamed the show Friday night tracks Um, and Half of me wants to move on and kind of start it as a new show and then another part of me is like no this is like This is a story of me growing up, kind of. Like, I can't get rid of it. I can't, you know. um, Mm -hmm. So it's like that one weird thread that kind of ties the whole thing together, going all the way back um, to... I mean, you can literally go... I don't recommend this, by the way. (laughs) But you can go on their website, and you can listen to the episodes when I was 15, um, which I really hate. Not because it's cringy, which it is cringy, but because there's probably, like, things that I said that I know for a fact I would not stand behind today, whether it's... You know a political opinion or something
0: yeah just growing up maturing and then just changing your opinions over time
1: yeah um but I haven't gotten rid of it just because um well first of all RSS feeds which are the technology behind how podcast works Mm -hmm. uh, they you can only have so many episodes in them so most like podcast apps that you get on your phone you can't even go back that far so I just haven't bothered to get rid of them oh, then how on could, the website
0: oh so people couldn't
1: even reach them anyway if they wanted to today uh they can if they know what they're doing um you know if you know how to read urls but uh <laughs> i, I probably go, shouldn't uh, shouldn't <laughs> give people a hint yeah you don't want to promote that i guess <laughs> but it's there and if you
0: try hard enough mm-hmm. you'll find them <laughs> okay so over over that time and just like really getting to know people um one eye-opening experience for me was um yeah we come from all walks of life and like i kind of compare it to like being in like normie space i would have not met like the amount of people that i know today now through the fandom than if i were to just be on my own with like my old high school and college buddies um so like with that social aspect how would you say that that's like opened you up too
1: um i think that's probably one of the best things about the fan, I mean, there's a lot of things about furry culture that I like. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd love you know, Taylor it. Under- yes. Yeah, I love. Uh, I mean, we can talk about some of it later, but uh, if if we're gonna talk about social, it blows my mind. Um, and I and I say this to my parents every once in a while, and it blows their minds too. Every time, once in a while, when I visit them, mm-hmm. that it's like I could go. At this point, I've been here for a decade. I could go to any country in Europe, any country in North America, any country in Oceania. And I would have a couch to sleep on. Like, I would have people to visit, people to hang out Mm -hmm. with, places to go, friends there who know friends, who know friends, who know friends. And that blows my mind to think about that. It's like, (laughs) it's just kind of opened up the world in this weird way. You know, I went from high school where I had like one or two friends and I had like maybe two Steam friends back in the Counter-Strike days to now it's like, I, I can't even go anywhere without knowing people, which... I'm not complaining, but it's mm. just kind of it's a, it's almost overwhelming is it, like yeah. how many connections that fandom gives you. Do you feel
0: like um you've ever gotten like burnt out from that or like has it only been like more fuel to the fire
1: in your passion? That's a good question. That, like, a lot of people do get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And and I think some of some of that is the fandom. Some of it is also social media. Um, you know, Twitter and and Facebook and stuff, uh, you know, those types of websites, they can yeah. be very Overwhelming, You get a lot of the um, FOMO, fear of missing out. You get a lot of that stuff. For me, I have worked very hard to try to control that. I'm very careful about who I follow. I'm very careful using notification management features on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I try really hard personally to make my life something that I'm not going to get burnt out from or I'm not going to get sick of. Um, and that that's... doesn't mean people don't piss me off, <laughs> right? sure there's no shortage. I just, I mean, yeah, it's just some people, you know, they get into Twitter and they get really into it really hard and then all of a sudden they get burned out and they're like, I can't do this anymore, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. that
0: is quite the case because yeah. I would say, like, um, just from my experience in the fandom, something that it opened up me towards was, like, the art, more artistic and creative side of myself and then you can find out that so many other people go down this avenue and they become creators and then they become like sort of entrepreneurs and then now they're engaging with like 10 20 30 and then hundreds of people all at once and I kind of found myself in that space too and I'm like okay how do I manage this and then you got to cut down sometimes or you got to expose yourself it's just like a wild. I have like this up and down roller coaster with the fandom, and it's like a love hate
1: relationship. But I I will always like be here. Um, it's been yeah, pretty special. Same. It's like I can't change what I'm emotionally attracted to. Yes, you know, like that's I've always said, you know, maybe a couple decades from now, yeah, maybe I wouldn't go to cons as much anymore, or um, and and um, you know, a uh, Nuka from First for Science. Uh, which are those are the... That's a group of people that studies furry. They, like, do the surveys at cons and stuff. They've looked a lot at the age drop-off in the fandom, and oh, they do see a continual trend of around... I think it was, like, between 30 and 35. It's, like, a... It's a steep drop. But there are some people who do remain, and if they do remain, they're pretty much in it forever. And they started doing more research on that to try to figure out why that is. Oh, what... And what they discovered is... A lot of people join the fandom for the social reason but all of a sudden you kind of realize that you're with your friends you live with your friends your friends are all around you and furry doesn't really need to be in the room anymore you know that's just been an accepted kind of like day-to-day norm now yeah and and so that is why they predict that there's somewhat of a drop off is because like it fulfilled the need that it had in your life socially oh Um,
0: that's really interesting
1: and I don't think that applies to everybody right I have always hoped that like you know decades from now I would still be like staffing and helping out Yes. You know, even if it's at a basic level I, I want to this culture has done so much for me I want to be able to make sure I give back to it definitely and do you do um
0: I guess kind of transitioning now like do you do also what you do uh, in terms of production and whatnot um, while staffing at cons uh, how what do you handle over there in
1: that space so at cons a uh, typically av department and typically it's uh lately for whatever reason it's been a video so i'm um i'm secondary director of video at Anthrocon. i'm director of video at fe um i'm stream tech at mff and i don't do much at mcfc although a bunch of my friends there and i it's one of those things where i i never walked in any of those cons saying i'm gonna be staff Oh, and I never formally signed up or asked to be staff
0: It's just kind it's of happened. Of those,
1: yeah, like it's basically this you go in and you're like, oh, you know these guys are my friends I'm gonna help them out, you know And you help them wrap up a couple cables and and you hang out with them And then mm. the next year you're like, hey, yeah, you know you guys need help here I'll come down and I'll help you and then you're helping and then all of a sudden, you know um, The director of the department hands you a staff badge and goes. Oh, by the way, here, here's your badge <laughs> and, and you're like what? And they're like, "Yeah, here's your badge," and you're like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> shit!" <laughs> okay. I, I didn't sign up is, for you know, this. Yeah, um, I've I've always said to people, and this is career advice too. Mm. Be care- be careful at what you're good at, <laughs> Cause because because will pick up on it will that. become your problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's definitely the case. Um, okay, so that's really cool. So you would handle th- like shots and whatnot of like the dance competitions or. Um, really a lot of the, I guess, what, what does that cover really in terms of like video or, um, the audio sector for AV for cons? I've only been to one though. I might want to add, so I am definitely new to the scene. I've been to BLFC, BLFC 2019. Okay. Yes. I've heard good things. I have not been. Yeah. So coming from uh, Hawaii on the West coast, it's one of the most convenient ones to go to.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially for the flights in. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, for me, it's, I'm as I say, general nerdiness. Um, a lot of it is I just love being in that environment. I love the gear. I love all of the people there. I love just being there. So, yeah. in, in all honesty, it's a little bit of everything. It's helping out with this and, oh, you know, hey, John needs you to hold this so he can strap this thing up. And, and you know, this guy needs help over here. When it comes to the event itself, uh, when it's going, mm-hmm. generally it's... Um, Lately it's been video related. Um, so for Anthrocon for instance, um, I was taking care of the stream encodings like the live stream Uh the video feed that went to the hotel Um, we had to take care of that. Um, Simon worked on that especially Mm. Um, I worked with uh freeze badger a lot. He's the director uh, of video at ac. Um, we were calibrating cameras Um, I was doing what's called painting. So in a Mm. television studio There is a person and literally all they do is they sit and they have all of the cameras on monitors, and they use what's called scopes, which y- you have the, the camera on one screen, and you have another thing on another screen that shows you like kind of the brightness levels. Okay. And you're basically making sure the cameras are all matched. So when you're cutting from one camera to another, you want to make sure that the color looks the same. You want to make sure that the, you know... You're calibrating. Um, is, that you're calibrating them, yeah. And then generally they'll need adjustments as the lighting rig moves and as you know different fursuiters come up on stage, you have to kind of make sure that everything looks right. So I do a little bit of that. Wow. Um, so the, the trouble- audio for the stream as well they they do a separate mix for that now um, so there's actually there's a guy at a mixing board that does the mix for the room that you're in with the big speaker system Yeah. and then there's another guy backstage with another mixer and they do the whole mix again but just for the recording the live stream oh, the, wow. the video version that goes on YouTube later yeah because um, it's generally accepted that the way you mix for a room is different than the way you mix for like a broadcast. Um, okay. We so every we have environment. haven't gotten to the point of. G- g- go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. No. Yeah. So, like, every environment has its own tune and tweaking that you do.
1: Yeah. Um. And and sometimes, like in, in the industry, you'd have like a broadcast truck that would mm. take care of a lot of that. Um. And we've actually joked about doing that at uh at MFF <laughs> and everything. But I think Furnies. we're really just into impressing ourselves. We we love the idea of going overboard for the sake of going overboard I love Um it. and and Producing you know what looks like a multi-million dollar show out of you know, maybe a tenth of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we just we have so much fun with um, With kind of pushing ourselves because we're, we're nerds over it like we we sit on discord for hours um Talking to each other about how it's done in the real world, you know, and how, the, how do the professionals do it? How does NBC do it? How does BBC do it? You know? Yeah, and that's um, really
0: the beautiful thing because you find that even while you guys are staffing or helping out the community in that way, you're also like bonding over this specific thing that you guys are all interested in, and that's like what I really love because any part of the like production or the art is all a facet of what you guys gravitate towards.
1: Yeah, and it's it's sort of become a family at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I i feel like we're it's a lot of the same people at a lot of the different cons un, until you really jump i mean obviously if you go to you know nfc or Euroference, it's it's yeah. a different crew whole nother world um, Yeah, and and not all the cons use the same crew but like a lot of especially the northeastern cons um so mff fe AC, um they're all almost the same crew and so we all know each other we all know our jobs we all know what we're good at and it's just great to be able to show up and The other thing that's really amazing about it is, so for Anthrocon this year, we had a jib. Um, So we had a a, a giant camera crane jib at Anthrocon this year, um, which is like, there's a a person on one side, there's a bunch of weights on one side, and then there's a giant pole and then the camera. So it can kind of like swing around the crowd and everything. Yeah, I've seen that for like
0: movie production before.
1: Yeah, and we had that. For the video at Anthrocom this year and it was owned oh by a freeze badgers company So freeze badger <laughs> rented it to the con um, And that's the other cool thing sometimes some not everybody sometimes you get paid to do these cons, which is, which is cool mm-hmm. Um I don't I don't personally get paid. I'm just there to have fun. Um But what was cool is I Got to try it and I got to run it for some of the events. Oh, wow. and I'm sitting there going What environment am I going to get to be with my friends having fun playing with, like, millions of dollars worth of gear. And Ugh. if I fuck up, it's not that big of a deal. Right? Like, And you get experience. A, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, if you were a camera crane operator for Hollywood and you fuck up, that's uh, a bit... You, you're going to have a boss yell at you. You're out of there, Whereas in yeah. this environment, my boss is a badger, um, and the other <laughs> boss is a husky, and they're both giving me hugs. So it's like... It's just really cool that, like, we're in this sort of serious professional environment, but we're also like a bunch of gay furries that are all like yeah Yeah. (laughs) having fun and it's only promoting yeah having fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I love about it.
0: Yeah, so the yeah, I just keep getting blown away every time I see just a group of people come to do something that they love it's very much like a passion project a lot of the time and you don't ever really know what's going to come of it you just put a whole lot of people in one space and just see what happens
1: yeah it feels really good to be a part of something where everybody cares yes Um, i couldn't agree more every everybody wants it to be better um you know we we have our arguments but it's for the most part everybody wants to be there if you you had to not for
0: money if you had to give any, like, you know, small quip of advice to people who are kind of hesitant about, like, oh, I've had, uh, they're in the fandom now, and they're mostly online, um, but they want to say, hey, you know what, I want to go to a local meet, or I want to go to a con for the first time, um, what could you say to them?
1: So the first thing, um, furries, generally, at least I've found, depends on your personality, but... I have found them personally to be inclusive, Um, especially at smaller events. I felt like I could sit in the lobby and somebody would just sit next to me and start talking to me. But that doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody in every scenario. And I have seen people go to cons and get overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. feel like they're not included or feel like, well, it looked like everybody was having fun, but um, I didn't know anyone, you know, and I didn't feel like I fit in. Yeah, I've had had advice oh sorry go ahead
0: (laughs) no I will say real quick that um yeah for my first con just this past year um the first from day zero to day one that we started the con we got our badges and everything and went around and did a quick sweep I literally cried that evening in bed in my hotel room because of how like wonderful the space was and how happy everyone was there um that was really nice and I had my boyfriend who comforted me and stuff so that yeah so don't worry about
1: getting overwhelmed you probably will be (laughs) Well, and I think my my advice for someone getting into that is make sure you do have your friends. Make sure, you know, I would assume if you're getting into Phantom, you're probably starting to get some online friends. You know, you're in chat rooms or you're in, you know, you're playing games with people on Steam or whatever it is. Um, try to go to an event where you know you do have those friends. And that doesn't mean be clingy necessarily. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that's all you can experience. But it's mm-hmm. useful to have a balance of... Sometime walking around alone by yourself sometime in the dealers done buying things sometime where you're going out to eat with your friends and it's obviously Not perfect. Um, you don't need to schedule yourself. It's just um You be a little careful if you're jumping in completely alone by yourself at a con Um, Don't let yourself get too overwhelmed and turned off and and also Mm -hmm. Don't let yourself get turned off by local meets Because I've also seen people where they go to a local meet and they're like, eh, Everybody was nice, but I don't really feel like I fit in with them. Um, And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been a furry for 10 years. I still don't fit in with my local (laughs) furries. Um, You know, some of them are really, really nice, really cool people. Sometimes I see them at cons, and it's like, hey, what's up? But it's like, don't let that be a deterrent. Um, Yeah. Whatever type of person you are, whatever you're interested in, there are people like you. There are people who are social at the same level that you are, whether you're introverted, extroverted. You will find the right people definitely and like yeah by no means let that first impression be
0: a hindrance to like the rest of your experience in the fandom or dissuade you from it um i ge- i generally do feel like as long as you're open uh you're forward thinking you will definitely find people that uh think exactly like you and that's what's yeah that's what's kept me in
1: the fandom for this long too over the past three four years now um, yeah and i mean it's it's also overwhelming when if it if it all does work out and and you do have a really good time when you realize you have to leave and go back home to back oh, to your normal life <laughs> you know post-con depression everything and Uh-oh. that can be curbed over time right like i i live with furries at this point so it's like for me when a con ends i'm saying to most of those people hey i'll see you next week you know or hey i'm gonna see you next month at the next event And all of a sudden, you kind of get this lifestyle going. At least that's the way it works for me. You know, some people, it's not a lifestyle for them. But um, that's another part of it. It could be something that, yeah, people keep up professionally. I know that some
0: people are teachers or actually um, in a case where professionally they have to be a certain way. And that's actually really difficult. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, but by and large, though, um, for your – for your time your personal time what you choose to do with it is up to you and uh if you do want to have like genuinely good connections like at a con after i'm done even meeting two or three new people i could later hop online and then we'll discord and actually play games together and then bam i've got like two new great friends
1: yeah yeah and it's uh it's always cool just the kinds of people that you meet and uh you know people yeah like you said people from all walks of life Mm -hmm. um it's uh, it's kind of amazing, how, you know, you, you meet one person, and they're into this, and then you meet another person, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm the CEO of this company, and you're like, w- what? <laughs> there's like, there's always these, like, stunning, interesting people that you meet that you just not expect. Uh, I love it. Yeah,
0: I especially find that there are a lot of entrepreneurial types. Like, you'll find, uh, well, I think one good example is just the dealer's den. Um, for me, every time, even for, like, my local conventions here that are mostly anime cons, um, I'll go to the dealer's den and I will like, yeah, I'll bring my little notebook. And then I've seen things that they, pe- that people do that I want to actually mimic or at least, you know, uh, improve upon. I want to take my art skills to the level that they're at, you know, sell your own art. Um, really just be your own kind of, c- yeah, I guess CEO or your own, uh, entrepreneur. Um, yeah. so it's always wonderful to see. Uh, I guess, um, what's, uh, I guess uh, I'm trying to think now, so for your interests, uh, you're into production, AV, um, you're into IT and troubleshooting, Uh, what what else uh, do you feel like you've picked up from the fandom or just over time like uh, I kind of like this is funny because like this is also a podcast but it's also my first time uh, talking with you paradox so I'm also kind of get trying to to know you so uh, it's kind of all over the place but uh, yeah I definitely just we definitely gotta hang out more oh yeah Yeah. for sure and I haven't been to MFF but I understand that I think is that your annual con
1: um I go to roughly four cons a year um, depending oh, wow. on that's what like, <laughs> I try to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean keep in mind, I, I uh, I, I feel, but you're, you're in Hawaii, right? Yes, I am based in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> so, okay, first of all, it looks gorgeous there. I'm, I'm envious of your weather, but I do mm-hmm. feel bad for, for the, the separation there. Because, is, like, oh, yeah. I can just drive to MFF. Now, granted, it's an eight-hour drive, um, but it's, like, I try to do cons very cheaply. So, Another benefit of staffing um, is that you can go to the con for free, effectively. Um, well, to an extent. I mean, you're still Hotel, you're paying for food. food you know, yeah. Potentially hotels. Some cons will, will comp you a room. Uh, other cons don't. depends on, on the event. Um, and it depends on the venue and everything like that that they're in. But um, generally, uh, you can go to cons pretty cheap if, if you live in the right region. Mm-hmm. And so a con for me is like maybe couple hundred bucks at the most oh wow um, so I'm able to kind of you know bring that down and then the other thing too is um my production company XBN some cons will rent gear from me um, so like for their live streams they rent um, some equipment oh, wow. so that also helps a little bit um, I'm not gonna say that like covers the cost entirely but it's like there's these little things that you can do to try to make it a little more affordable um, Yes. And especially if you're just starting out at cons, like, you know, don't room by yourself. Like, room with some friends, you know, and then it's way cheaper. Yeah, um, you don't want
0: to get caught paying for an entire room. Like, that's, oh, that's so hard. Um, Definitely, yeah, yeah. find a nice solid group of local friends that you, go, you could go with. That's what I do here from Hawaii. Um, I have a solid f- couple of friends from Maui. And then just every year, um, we'll go, book a flight, book a room, and it's all set.
1: Um, I feel bad I'm- I'm flying to Why New Zealand that? this year. I'm just I'm flying <laughs> right over Tapia, and I'm not going to be able to oh, no. stop by and say hello. Well, I've also never really been to the East
0: Coast. I mostly stick to the West, but if that's uh, a possibility, I would love to visit.
1: Yeah, I uh, definitely any anytime. You're welcome. And that's oh. uh, yeah. I have you on record? That's another. <laughs> th- I guess that's probably the other like fandom thing that I think stands out to me as being like. What's that? What is my lifestyle with it? It's the social. It's the the like ability to get friends and relationships and lovers and it's you know what
0: yeah playing off of that you know what's so hard as an adult that i've realized i mean i'm 25 i don't know a whole lot but uh growing up though it's so much harder getting friends as adults like as you get older people have their own business they have their own families time is really precious. Um, and I notice like when you're in school, you at least have school and it's a social environment that you can all get along with over in the adult space. Well, we have the furry fandom and that's what I really respect and appreciate.
1: Yeah. I mean, NPR, um, which is national public radio here in the U S they're like a public broadcaster. Yes. They had an article uh, about how masculinity is like hurting men's ability what? to get friends and stuff like that and it was this article about how like um and obviously what they're commenting on is is, is american western culture a little bit but also american culture right obviously this doesn't apply everywhere but yeah. we're talking about mainstream you know your average 20 30 40 year old male yep. in the u.s um in the u.s they were saying that a lot of statistics are showing like they're having trouble finding friends they're having trouble being intimate with their friends, um, because, you know, maybe they have a girlfriend or something, um, but there's like that kind of disconnect, um, because, mm. you know, you got to be bros and you got to hang out and everything, oh, and God. and it's fascinating me because I'm reading that article, and, and of course, you know, you just have to laugh a little bit, because it's like, wow, like, <laughs> furries just kind of don't have this issue, because we're just, you know, yeah, at like, least generally, way more open to each other, like, intimately and, and yes. friendship-wise, and... Uh, and, and even physically. um. And the article was saying, like, men need to learn how to, like, be able to touch each other. And when I say touch, I mean, like, just literally, like, touch hands, each other physically or... at all. Oh. Like, hold hands or, like, hug or, or, like, chill on the couch together. And it was saying men need to, like, learn more that, like, it's okay to be emotional and it's okay to be honest and, like, it's okay yes. to cry and, like, all of this stuff. And I'm like, so- okay, <laughs> yes. But it took this, like, you know, psychology developmental person... Uh, to to write all this, and I'm just like uh-huh. for something you've been doing yeah. for the past decade already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's one thing that like furries kind of are are getting right, um, yes. and the other thing I think that furries are way ahead of their time on is so jumping into sci-fi a little bit. No problem. Go as far as you like. <laughs> I think maybe not the end game. Hmm. but the next stage of humanity to me is this whole idea of chosen identity versus given identity right chosen um identity. the dif- the difference between facebook where you're your real name your real face your real identity your real job and reddit where you're just this user and it's anonymous and mm-hmm. you have a screen name um and but taking that even further right not just um uh trans rights Um, which is not just necessarily chosen identity. I I wouldn't call it chosen. But the idea of uh, having an identity on top of the one that the average person would perceive you as, and then going further to say that that identity is actually the correct identity.
0: But so what you're saying is like, well, that actually exists now that I think of that um, in a digital space. I mean, what is your FA account? What is your user profile? You know, all these things that you ascribe to
1: in your bio. Yeah, exactly. And... There are always those people who, who you know, like to take it to the extreme and make fun of it. You know, the people who are like, I identify as an attack helicopter, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a transgender pyroflux. You... Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, yes, when you do present yourself with this icon, with this character, with this personality, it sort of is actually the truer version of yourself, and it actually becomes more real than the you in regular life, and. When you take that further and you push it into sci-fi, uh, mm-hmm. take for instance a movie like The Matrix. Okay. Originally, the the Matrix movie, obviously, you know, Matrix movie is about many things, but one of the things that they originally wanted to make it about was that whole idea of like, you're sort of this other identity in the Matrix versus out of the Matrix, but in some ways that's a truer you because that's who you lived as. In, in a world of like infinite
0: possibilities, you can choose exactly what you want the way you want it and everything
1: exactly and, only... and then you've got neo and the matrix saying well are any of those memories of my childhood real mm-hmm. and they were saying well maybe they are maybe they aren't it's it's your kind of virtual identity and i feel like as humanity progresses we're going to be pushing that boundary more and more where you are identified more by your chosen family, your chosen identity, your chosen gender, your chosen species, whatever it is. And I don't know if it's that things are going to get more virtual. You know, I'm not going to say that VR is the future. It's <laughs> really close. Simple. It's not as simple as that, though. I think it's mm. just that, as a culture, I feel like we're we're kind of starting to extrapolate more another layer above our average what you would judge just by looking at a person
0: yeah and because you can't judge them on a surface level you don't know what's going on in the consciousness
1: or anything like that and i feel like furries get that already like I feel like we have already figured that out. Yeah, and I and... think you,
0: I think you might get some backlash and some people saying, like, no, it's more escapism or something like that. That you want to live in the fantasy world or something that's not based in reality. But again, I think how you highlight how no, you your memories are based on the experiences that you want to have and that are enjoyable that you can like reflect on.
1: That's you. And I, I agree yeah. with that so much. Well, and I think it's a little bit of everything. Right? Um, some of it is um, You know the body that people look at me that I'm in um, mm-hmm. That they see and judge is, is incorrect and no actually, you know, this other identity is the more valid one There's that there's characters right people who just have lots of characters and lots of stories yes. <laughs> That they wish they could live and then there's um The idea of it being flexible that you can be multiple you can have multiple usernames on the internet um, You know you can play multiple personas and it's like We're kind of moving, as we move from generation to generation, you know, you look at your parents, and your parents might say to you, well, how do you know that that person is real, that you're talking to on the internet? Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we were younger, I might say, well, I have this evidence, you know, and they did this, and I have this photo of them, and, like, I know that they know this friend. Whereas now, I would say, why does it matter? Because I've spent five years talking to them, and they're a fox, so they're a fox yeah like so you... it doesn't to me who cares that it that is who they are that's who they want to be that's who they present themselves as um and i i feel like that's kind of the long term like where we're going and i feel like that's something that furries are really together we've figured that out and a lot of people who are not furries don't quite grasp that idea of separating the identities yet yeah Uh, I mean, the I think it's the way that like
0: in this, what I would consider like to begin with niche community slowly going more towards the mainstream or at least being more open about it um, that I see is that they're always pioneering like as a collective, like we're always pushing the boundary of just being as honest and open and expressive as I've ever seen any community um, that's not really based around one singular thing um so you can see it really branch off in all these different avenues and i think you're right that's definitely the path that um makes the most sense to me
1: yeah and it's just one of those like um it's one of those weird like ahead of its time kind of things i feel like um and and just and some of it is because we were forced into it right um like the you know I'm not gonna say that telegram is like a bad thing, you know, but but it's it's the the fact that we're all on telegram and the fact that we use stickers, for instance, um, that's like a huge part of our culture now, just from know, the way we communicate. communicate in that way. yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and, and some of it is you know was forced upon us um, because of just other platforms and stuff. but um, but furries tend to gravitate towards a platform where they can be themselves rather than be who they're being forced to be. Oh, okay, um, right. I see
0: where you're coming from this, yeah. And a lot of the time, like, this will, will lead me to believe, like, a lot of my friends from the South, they've been, I'm not going to say what religion or whatever, but they've thought one way or the other about this and the way that they should go throughout their lives, and then they discover us, and then they're like, oh, that's totally not the case. And they'll just be themselves, and you'll find that they'll be the most honest, open, and positive people,
1: Um, at least yeah. that I've met, yeah. And, and I'm some of it... Might not be entirely free either. Some of it could be, maybe the generation you and I are both in. Where like, I feel like for our More generation, <laughs> millennials the idea type? of yeah, m- millennials. Um, I feel like being being on Facebook, being friends with your coworkers, being friends with your aunt and your uncle and, and your mom and your dad. Like, it's just there's this kind of jarring. It seems a little alien to us um, compared to like what we've experienced with the world and the internet. And and I feel like. I feel like the days of dating your high school girlfriend and then getting married oh, are wow. over. Yeah, that seems so foreign to me now. <laughs> it seems so foreign, right? But it, that's, but, that's but where can, we're at. Where... Yeah, and
0: uh, I have so many friends too. Like uh, one of my friends, um, he's already like online dating with one of his other boyfriends in Sweden. Like he's not from Sweden. He's from Hawaii too. <laughs> so you could be from any part of the world. Just like how I you I guess are way
1: too – yeah – I, you could sort of simplify it down to like um, maybe people just like aren't defined by their demographic anymore. Like rather than being defined by here's where you live, here's the school you go to, here's your income level, here's your oh wow. um, you know your race or whatever. Rather than that, you're being defined by what you seek, your yeah. interests, your your, your passions. Your, your yeah, geography does not
0: like bound you in any in any like capacity these days because information can be communicated. For free, basically. <sighs>
1: that is a That's... downside of the fandom. <laughs> what is that? No, geography. Mm, I mean, what do you mean? I feel like the the core negative aspect of being a furry, okay, is all of your friends are far away.
0: Oh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, to begin with, well, even when you discover the fandom. It's heavily online-based, and even though that there are fur cons with, I would say, tens of thousands of people there that attend there, um, depending on the con that you go to, you I think it's most pre- prevalently online-based. I don't know the stats or if Nuka can uh, summarize that, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that being close wouldn't help.
1: It's a little bit of both. I mean... There's being surrounded by good people that you belong with is always gonna help you as a person Mm -hmm. Um, But even as somebody who lives with furries and goes to tons of furry cons, I still feel that core yearning in My heart for the fact that so many people that I love and care about are so far away all the time and and if I was if I was rich um. You know, you know, people always ask that question, like, "What would you do if you won the lottery and you got millions of dollars?" Money um, was no object. If money was no object, well, was no object uh, well, the first thing I would do is hire a financial advisor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got to maintain. Well, that that income. Some people are like, "Oh, I would go to space. I'd buy a boat." No, I would hire a financial advisor. Secure myself, um, but th- yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the second thing I would do um, is travel a fuck ton. Oh yes, oh, and God. just visit people constantly. Uh, and try to make them feel like I exist in their life and that I'm around them and that I can support them. And
0: yeah. that's
1: what I would want to do for everybody that I know.
0: Yeah, the people you talk online with and share like intimate moments with, yeah, you would want to share in real life. And that's beautiful. It, yeah, it's honestly beautifully, beautifully put. Um, oh, thank I, you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A lot of the things that um, I never realized while getting into the fandom is like, you don't know what to expect. And I never saw myself being here a little like pacific islander i never really expanded my horizons it was very hard for me to realize like hey there are other people out here and they do really cool stuff and you should be a part of it and yeah that's uh honestly like what sometimes keeps me up at night that's what i really do cherish and appreciate um yeah
1: and it's it forces you to be a little more like worldly or yes, like way you... more traveled way more cultural yes yeah and i mean I'm not gonna say I'm I'm that good at it, um, because I, I just I don't I don't really I like to think I don't have much of an ego, so I can't really say that I'm good at it. But especially <laughs> as an an American, oh, um, I'm so sorry, American, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> uh, you're right though. It's it's as an American, uh, you can very easily get trapped, uh, into American culture and lifestyle because everything you need is is here and yep. everything you could ever want like and, and there's always that feeling whereas I have tried so hard to get rid of that. I, I don't want to be thought of that way. I want to and like anytime um I learn of something that is a more universal way of doing things or a more international way of doing things, I will immediately latch onto it and try to do it. Um because it's like um I I don't hate This place where I'm at I think I'd live a pretty good life, but I I don't want to I don't want it to be my identity Um, and I feel I feel like a lot of furries kind of go through that where You really start to question where you live where you're from Mm -hmm. the city you live in um, How other people live because not only is all of it in your face constantly on the internet um, but you're traveling a lot more And you really get to see that, ah, yeah, you know, the place that I grew up with my parents that they said was so great is actually not that great. Yeah, you know, you don't um, have to
0: ascribe to that and let that, like, define you over your life. Yeah.
1: Which is stressful. Um, It
0: it can be a lot to manage. It sounds, like, simple on the surface, but, yeah, it is definitely a lot to think about. And I try to be at least aware of those things. I think being self-aware is very helpful.
1: Yeah, and you know as long as it's reasonable i don't think i live in the you know greatest city in the world i live near niagara falls no, but it's enough i got good internet i got good food i got a job <laughs> you know so it's like at a certain point you just you have to give up because it's like sometimes it seems like oh wow they have it so good over there you know like i'm like oh god you know all the german furs that hang out i wish i could be there <laughs> and then it's like you know and then sometimes you visit and you realize they have, like they have the same goddamn problems you know they're, they're yeah. their friends are all far away and they're like oh fuck i got to go to work and it's like the same you know um, not to say that everything's equal, um, but as long as you don't live truly, completely isolated from any friends at all, which there are people who do, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's, as long as you re- live in a semi-major city, uh, I, I think you're okay. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you know, shouldn't worry too much.
0: Yeah, people experience, like, the, the harsh or the suffering of life like anybody else for the most part, but, yeah, surround yourself with good people and you will go places, literally. You will... Go to better places. Yes.
1: Yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be. You're gonna be on flights to places you didn't know existed a year ago. Oh God. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how was um? Where was it that? You said you just recently traveled to. Um, New Zealand. De- defi- Define recent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was oh. in New Zealand two years ago, and I'm going back this year. And I'm also going to uh, Ferdue, um which is in on the Gold Coast of Australia. Firdau is a uh, con that they have there. Yes. Oh, okay. Right on. And yeah. that's like if another... there's any Australia left, by the way. Um, oh, no, yeah. We're, well, while we're doing this interview, Australia's burning. So, <laughs> yeah. If I don't know. But if there, if there's an Australia it. left <laughs> in a couple months, we'll see. Um, okay. Oh, I wish you well. Yeah.
0: And I think well, I, I have this Google Doc here, like discreetly, and, and it's been covering a couple of the questions, but you've basically blown through all of them <laughs> and i think oh, what is, we've been in, in for a good 40 ish minutes um yeah. so i just like to very humbly thank you so much for making time paradox i really appreciate talking to you and i would love to some more um yeah. and definitely i would love to visit sometime uh likewise
1: y'all you always have an open invitation here at Mikasa um yeah so... same to you you always have an open indicate uh invi- invitation here oh, anytime you. you're around we've got a we got a studio we got a bunch of people here so come get snugs oh hell yeah and <laughs> eat all our <laughs> shitty food i don't know <laughs> whatever there is to do here i can bring some of my shitty food too yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah there you go yeah
0: so thank you again paradox this has been tree bark and i am just so happy that uh We could have you here, um, and I wish you well on your travels, your future travels, and I say hello to all the fuzz butts that you snuck.